Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and I'm here with two very special guests. The first is Jasper Hannibeth. He is my international co-host. And after our six-part Real Housewives of DC recap, we reached out to the one and only Mary Amons to come on to Bravo Happy Hour, talk about her time on the Real Housewives of DC, and what she's been up to since the show's epic ending. Welcome back, Jasper, and welcome to the show, Mary. Welcome, Mary. Yes, guys. Cheers, it's happy Cheers. Hour. Bravo, happy hour. Woo. I have one of the last bottles of Oasis Vineyard wine. The the bottle you guys created <laughs> when you stomped on the kitchen grapes. <laughs> well, that would be absolutely impossible, Megan, because there was no liquid that came out of those grapes. Actually, <laughs> saddest little spigot of just brown liquid, and they're like, "Look, this was fun, right?" And all you ladies were like. Yeah, I don't think our cameras captured how hard I was laughing. I was laughing so hard the entire day. I was just in hysterics. And then we had Kat who was so put off and bitchy and like not having it. And I'm like, what the hell? This is hilarious. Well, this is actually a great segue. We were going to have BS small talk about your time in quarantine, but this is the real stuff that you know. That's we can get to that too. We can, we get, can to get that there. too we'll at the there. end. Yeah. But I think, you know, your time on the show was really interesting. And we always talked how we found like you and Linda to kind of be like the voices of reason. And at that vineyard day where all the ladies went to McHale and Tark's Vineyard Oasis, which I'm drinking their last bottle of, it was such an eye-opening experience for the viewers to really begin to see like, oh, wait, so this vineyard isn't real. No one's worked here in 37 years. <laughs> like, this is not... We all, we all knew that, though. That's why it was hilarious. I mean, we all knew that we were walking into something that was going to be a complete joke. And that's why that morning, this little backstory behind the scenes... Jason and Stacy and Kat showed up at my house at about nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Kat walked in the door and this is no cameras rolling yet because they had not arrived. And Kat walks in the door with a grocery bag filled with one of those plastic boxes of green 
seedless table grapes <laughs> in a bag. And I mean, we were hysterical. Oh, and Jason Baki was there too. He showed up as oh. well. But we all knew that we were, we were walking into something that was going to be hopefully very entertaining. But we had no idea what was going to happen. And also, one thing that you will know is that I didn't know that Jason Turner was invited. Oh, Stacey's okay. husband. Yes. So I didn't know that husbands were included. I thought it was just the girls. And I knew that Linda was not coming because she just refused to go anywhere near them on their terms. Um, so Linda, I knew was out, but I did not know that a husband was coming with us. I thought it was just Jason Baki just to be the fun, you know, friend that was coming yeah. with us to keep us giggling. That was, that was calculated clearly. Okay. So otherwise you would have brought your back then husband as well. Absolutely. And it would have been yeah. that fight that ended up ensuing at the, <laughs> the cellar downstairs. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Now that I'm talking about it again, and it's been, you know, we've watched it again. There's so many things that I still have questions about on the other side, because, you know, when we're doing this, three of us were good friends. Kat, Linda, and I were very good friends from the beginning. And I've known, Kat, I knew Linda 15 years before this. So she's one of my dear, dear friends. I just had become friends with Kat, but the three of us really developed a true friendship, as you can see. And I know you guys recognize that. We had no idea really what was going on. We didn't have the time to discuss what was being discussed on their end, like their pickup interviews. I had no idea really what was going on with Linda's pickup interviews or what was going on with Kat's interviews. We were just so busy that there was no conversations about, you know, like there was no small talk behind the scenes. We were just kind of doing our job and showing up when they wanted us to show up. So I didn't know that Jason Turner was invited to this day and that you know, there was, there's just a lot of that under the, the layer with production that I really didn't know. And having rewatched it again, just a few weeks ago, I still have a lot of questions. Like there's questions that I still have about what really went on and what was wow. said behind the scenes. Yeah. Do you also feel like production was trying to plant you guys against each other as well? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's their job. That's their job. And you know, I know what I signed up for. I knew I signed up. I, yeah. I, I knew that I wasn't signing up for them to just come into my kitchen and watch me make dinner. Well, you always made boring. a great charcuterie plate. They were always beautiful. I'm good at, that's one of my specialties, Jasper. It's one of my real specialties. Awesome. <laughs> Cheese platter, charcuterie. Yes, that's my specialty. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I knew what I signed up for. So I, I assumed that there was a lot going on behind the scenes. And I just tried to stay myself and I tried to stay along, just following along with what they expected from me. And I made it very clear from the beginning that I really don't like confrontation and mm -hmm. I'm not a confrontational friend. In fact, it takes a lot for me to confront you. And if I'm going to confront you, you're going to, you're going to get it kind of thing. Yeah. You know? 
Like it takes a lot to rile me up. As you can see, I was yeah. not riled up very easily no. through that. Uh, I feel like, I think I said that um, about our reunion recap as well. Like it seemed like y'all were really tight. Obviously what you just said as well, you, Linda yeah. and Kat especially. And you guys actually stand up against Andy as well. Like in other reunions on the other housewives, they would always like agree with him or let him get away with stuff. And you guys actually would say like, no, if Tarek is coming out, we want our husbands to be here as well and everything. Yeah. That's what I really like. Cause yeah, you could see, or it seemed like you guys actually most of the time or most of you actually stay true to yourself, which mm -hmm. is rare. Right. And well, it was also 10 years ago in the franchise. So that was not as crazy as it is today. And couldn't, yeah. like, I really do know the way the machine works now. And I think that it was just beginning to shift when we signed on. And I, I do feel like they greenlit DC for several reasons. I think that the um, the audience was starting to get tired of a lot of you know, crazy drama. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy oh, drama that people just weren't able to tolerate and getting turned off. So I think they were experimenting with maybe a, a kinder, gentler, you know, dynamic. And also President Obama had just taken office and all eyes were on DC. There's a new African-American president there's a lot of change going on in our country. And there was an excitement, if you remember, how exciting that was. Like that was really exciting. And we can get into how not exciting it is right now and <laughs> think about WTF if our show had continued and where we would be right now politically with what's going on today. Like it would be yeah. epic. I mean, like some of the conversations, Epic. Like, you guys are really opening up I mean, a lot we can, of conversations, yeah. whether it was about, you know, race or homosexuality, like you guys were having hard hitting conversations. Like if you listen to like the recaps, you know, we would joke around about Edwina Rogers as like the weirdest chess piece, like in this show, we always were like, who the hell is so she? Awkward. But like, you so know, she awkward. was a Republican healthcare lobbyist, which is you know, something I can't even imagine someone would proudly want to be, but <laughs> that's yeah. my own personal bias. But I think it was interesting that you were able to have a lot of these conversations without it turning into something incredibly negative and incredibly polarizing, which is what we see right. in contemporary okay. television. Like I think on the Real Housewives of New York, they, you know, obviously it's New York City. You assume all the ladies are liberal and, you know, subscribe to Hillary and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But then it was clear that some of the other ladies were on the other side of the political spectrum. And it was interesting to see them kind of really go head to head and see how much like hate comes off people when they're fighting towards the person who isn't their political equal. And, and, and so I think yeah. it'd be really interesting now to see how DC housewives would be able to be on a network like Bravo that is very liberal and not really conservative. I very think. liberal. We see yeah, it. but I think, Megan, to address politics at that time and the fact that Bravo actually cast our show, first of all, I think they had a really hard time casting our show. 
in that they wanted to have political ties because DC is a political town and we have a new political agenda on our plate in front of us, a new African-American present. I mean, history is being made in front of us and we wanna see what's going on with the real housewives, you know? Like they couldn't pull in and draw any politicians' wives, no way, that wouldn't happen. They really stretched to try to get some people that were involved in lobbying but those, those ladies wouldn't do it either because their careers were important to them and they, could, they just couldn't do it because their clientele wasn't, wasn't willing to go along with them as their lobbyists to be signed on to that kind of show. And so I think that there was a real stretch to bring politics into the atmosphere with our show. And I think that's one of the reasons they liked me is that I'm native Washingtonian two generations and my dad was a lobbyist and my grandfather was in you know broadcasting and television and it was a real stretch to to be able to feature true politics going on in DC so that's also why i think they brought in paul mm. and the whole the whole gay marriage agenda that was happening and that was one of the most pivotal moments in my experience on the show i will say that I absolutely stuck my foot way down my throat, said something that was so ignorant and stupid that I wasn't thinking about. And, you know, I, I actually went to production after that meeting where we were with David Catania and sitting there discussing gay marriage and the topic. And I went to production a few days later and I said, you know, I've said something that was really stupid. And it was like, as soon as those words left my mouth, that gay marriage has nothing to do with me, doesn't have anything to do with me. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the stupidest thing you could ever say. Like, it was one of those slow motion moments in life where something flew out of your mouth that was, that was not thoughtful. And I went to production and I asked them for an opportunity to um, make that right. And they gave it to me, which is mind blowing because- We know Bravo. <laughs> that's, yeah. Could have really, really messed with me and yeah. made it worse. They yeah. really could. And I'm grateful for that. And that just shows you like the level that we were dealing with with our producers because those producers were Discovery Channel producers. They, were, they make Say Yes to the Dress. They're not Bravo producers. <laughs> They're not into salacious production. They didn't know really. I mean, they were treading on some new waters themselves. And I went to them and very seriously said, you know, this is something that is very important to me that I'm hoping you can help me make right. And so they allowed me to have a conversation with Lolly in our kitchen where we're discussing it. And I'm saying how stupid that comment was and that, it absolutely affects me. It's a humanity issue. It's a human rights issue. So it affects everyone, gay, straight, or whatever. It's like, it's a human's right. Like we, we all should be able to love who we love. And if we want to be financially, legally tied to them, we should have that right. Absolutely. And I just, I just, I just wasn't, I just wasn't thinking. And I was, it was a vulnerable moment that I just screwed up. But 
thankfully they, they helped me rectify it. And I think, you know, in retrospect, <laughs> as I talk about it and as I look back on that, I think about the grace that was offered me. You can see, even Paul said, it was just a dumb comment. You just weren't thinking. And it got you thinking, which is what's what's made me grateful, is that I think it probably got a lot of people thinking, having watched it, and having been able to go back and say, really what I feel about it. Yeah, So absolutely. Good. But that's also like my favorite moment or the favorite thing on the whole show that you ever said was on the reunion when Andy asked you if you guys are Republican or Democrat and you said you're a registered Republican but you vote for issues and people and that's what yeah. I find really important because as what you just said like everyone should have the same rights everyone is equal exactly. and that's exactly what I think yeah vote for issues and people I was like, I, don't I found that really take... impressive that you, did, that you said that. Thank you. Well, I learned that from my father. And I learned that politics are politics, but you don't have to stand on a certain party if you don't agree on everything. Like you, you need to just be voting on things that mean something to you. And if something isn't right and this, you know, and it's not a perfect thing either, because I don't think anybody who's running is perfect on everything. But I don't believe in, in voting on a political ticket. If you're registered something, you're going to just vote the whole ticket. I'm going to weigh everybody and what they have to say and where they stand on certain issues. And it's been 10 years, Jasper. So a lot's happened since then. Yeah. And a lot of changes happened in our world. And a lot of changes happened in my life. And I've grown tremendously, not only by that experience that I had on reality television, but just overall as a person, you know, in my daily life of figuring things out and, and yeah. you know, ra raising my kids to be adults. They're all adults now. And they're all out of my nest, as we talk about bird's nests here <laughs> in the farm. <laughs> yeah, they've all fledged my nest. And I'm so proud of them. And they all, especially my daughters, my three daughters are extremely strong in where they stand with issues that affect us as a country and as a globe, really. That's good. So I'm proud of them. I'm proud, I'm proud that they've had enough exposure to what they stand for and strongly believe. And I respect all of it. Like, all of it, even if I don't agree with it, I respect it. Yeah, that's important. Respect is really important. Yeah. And certainly with your parents, yeah, my, you know, dad is, we're very different. We have a lot of different differences and everything like, but you know, at the end of the day, he doesn't judge what I feel and what I think and vice versa. I'm like, he can have his own ideas, but we could still eat dinner together with general respect but I think like you were saying they gave you the grace to like right your wrong so to speak and I think oh, that yeah. also just shows the type of person you are where you actually made note and spent a couple days thinking about it and thinking oh wow like you know I said something really messed up and I think even going to them and saying like hey I realized I did this can we try to fix it is an amazing way of addressing something rather than you know kind of flying out of your mouth you not really realizing it 
And then, you know, when you're sitting on the reunion, having to talk with Andy about these comments, being able to address it and being able to acknowledge like, oh yeah, yeah, I said something messed up. Then they're like, all right, we'll throw you a bone. You can find a way to kind of make that situation a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, Andy was annoyed with us, that whole reunion. <laughs> Clearly. One could tell, yeah, he but was. I think that was good. <laughs> that red, that red, for sure. <laughs> and we were kind of annoyed with him, too, <laughs> frankly. I mean, it was kind of a difficult situation because, of it course, was. the show ended up having so much to do with the Salahis crashing the state dinner, and... I can imagine him being so just bored and annoyed at the fact that this woman is sitting here and just cannot say a single truth to anything and is finding illnesses and this and this and this and this to kind of make excuses for their behavior and just not having a single moment where she just said, hey, yeah, you know, we were wrong and, you know, maybe we didn't get the invitation properly or maybe we didn't what was the situation where she like they were like oh we paid for all the wine at this party when they didn't pay for anything and then sent the lady like a cease and desist or something so it's like there was nothing true that came out of their mouth nothing nothing and we warned production about them when we found out that she was chosen to be in our cast yeah i was about to ask you because you said uh, or you revealed on the show that she was your makeup artist. Yeah, she just was selling Trish McAvoy makeup at Nordstrom and in the mall entrance. So she was like the first round counter that you would see mm-hmm. when you entered from the mall entrance into Nordstrom. And she was there like flitting around and, t- and wanting like to do everyone's makeup. And <laughs> would you like it? Yes, exactly. And I, you know, that was another thing that editing made it look like in that car ride to go do that polo lesson scene, which was also hilarious, guys. Too good. Oh my God. One of the funniest days ever. Anyway, they turned that conversation on me and said, and made it seem like I was being snarky about how I know her. And I didn't Mm -hmm. say it in that context. They shifted that a bit. Hmm. And made me seem like, yeah, can you believe? <laughs> and then all these criticism came my way about how I was, you know, belittling that profession, which is absolutely really? not what I was no. at all meaning. It was just, yeah, that's how I know her. She was, that's how I know her, basically. And she's been around, and now I see her, you know, behaving badly and crashing parties and manipulating things and using charity for their own benefit and all this nonsense. But how did you find out that she was cast on the show as well? And then when you found out, were you already like, did you already know about that there were fake and like crashing parties and not paying? Weren't you worried that like, ooh, should I actually film with her? Should I be on the same show? Yes. For sure. That was definitely something that came into my decision. And that's when Linda and I both warned and had a conversation with production about signing her on because they are no joke. Like you guys need to make sure that you're covering your butts here because they do whatever. They, they get away with murder and 
they're not respected. So, okay, I get it that you want to bring the drama with these people, but they might actually end up throwing you under the bus. And that, that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It happened. So were we you them. with Tark before any of this? Like, did you, have you, did you meet him ever or just kind of know about him through both growing yeah, up? I knew about him. Area? Yeah, I mean, DC is a very, very small town. And socially, it's very small. I mean, it's like a little village, actually. And especially in that social scene. And I, and I had a charity. I have a charity. I still have it. But that is completely edited out of the whole show. Mm -hmm. Like, Megan, I heard you say, like, what does Mary do? Like, what did she do? She's just a housewife, like, doing nothing. I ran a charity at the time. No, it's fine. Oh, it's I fine like because you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Yeah. You wouldn't know that because the final scene that it was supposed to be, the actual like crescendo to our show was my charity event that I raised $40,000 for Children's National Medical Center in DC. Renaissance brand got all behind it. I mean, it was amazing. And it was with Lila Rose, the dress designer from Dallas, Texas, who was an amazing. Ted Gibson came and did all the hair. I mean, it was unbelievable, this event. And that was supposed to be our big finale. And two days before our finale aired, production let me know that my entire scene was cut and that there was no charity that I work for involved in the show, in my storyline. That's so disappointing. And that's the reason I did it. That's the really, that's, yeah. that was my heart behind it is I wanted to grow my charity by the exposure and I raised money for women's and children's causes through an organization I started called Labels for Love, doing fashion events and art events in DC. And they completely had to re-edit the entire show because of the White House crash. So you don't see any of that because of the Salahi. So yeah. I, I do feel... I mean, it was, it was very, very disappointing to say the least to be strung along too, and think that because my charity event happened in January, mm -hmm. the white house crash happened in November prior. So wow. I thought that, I mean, and I was working my butt off to try to pull this off for cameras. I mean, I had like three months to pull off a major event, like literally, and also have to film and commit my time to what they needed from me. But also I was truly working on behalf of my charity. And I wanted to expose this beautiful opportunity to raise money for this awesome, worthy cause. And it was completely cut. And they didn't tell me until the very last second. And I was like, bam. They probably yeah. knew once the White House crashing thing, they were like, well, we're going back and we're re-editing everything to kind of fit this new narrative that Mikhail and Tarek are grifters and have always kind of been shady. But that comes at a disadvantage to then you and Stacey and Kat and Linda when certain aspects of your life aren't shown. They really harped on right. Lolly in your closet. Like, how many times... It's so ridiculous. ...in conversation. It's a very classic it was so girl. ridiculous mother and daughter like hello <laughs> like what daughter doesn't take their mom's stuff like that's 
normal. Sure. And I had no idea. (laughs) No, but I had no idea that they were tying all of that nonsense together because I didn't know what was going on with Mikkel. We didn't ever have contact with her unless it was a staged event. Like my silly birthday party was one of the first days that we were filming, by the way. Our very first day was um, the Ted Gibson flashy opening. Oh, right, right, right. Where, where I, I'm like dissed by Mikkel because Ted isn't saying hi to me first and all that nonsense. That was our very, very first day of filming. You don't see that until like episode, what, three or something like that. Yeah. So that was our first day of filming. My birthday party was like the second day of filming. It's so interesting how the editors can do that and kind of create these stories. And even like you were saying in the car when they kind of took your words and mixed it up. And a lot of oh, tra- yeah. like, I feel like you got a really great edit on the show in general. And I think first season shows on Bravo or just in general always allows for the people to be really comfortable because you're not a seasoned professional. You're not three seasons in where you're self-producing. And the fact that exactly. like, you had a pretty great season with, you know, you had your little blunders here and there with some little slip ups, but yeah. that's yeah, normal. Yeah. That's normal. Like I, I think, you know, for being a show like Housewives, you guys all really carried yourself just kind of on a different level. Um, even like, you know, I mean, now we're watching The Real Housewives of New York. I don't know if you watch, but every episode is just a competition or who could get the drunkest. Mm. And after a certain point, like that gets very old and it actually gets like uncomfortable to watch. Whereas you guys are having different kinds of conversations and talking about your charities and your works and what everybody's doing in your family life. And then at the end, like having what felt like watching you guys watch the Super Bowl, watching the the congressional (laughs) hearing, like big glasses of wine, like just laughing out loud. It's like, and as the show progressed, you're just kind of watching and you're like, what the hell? How is this major scandal happening on a Bravo show? It just kind of took you by surprise. And I think Bravo fans weren't really ready for it. And then I think when it aired a couple weeks ago, so many people were like, oh my God, what was this show? And even doing this recap, so many people were like, Megan, why are you doing hours worth of research for this show? And I'm like, well, Jasper has been obsessed for so long. He kept saying, let's do it, let's do it. And then I watched it and was like, so great. How is this, how did they not get a second season? But I, I would say that there are, there are so many things that go unprecedented on our show that are, I'm actually quite grateful that it didn't go forward mm. because A, I think it would have been very hard to recast and find someone that was going to fill in for the crazy yeah. It just doesn't exist here. It just doesn't. You'd have and to And so I think up. they did I think they did an epic one off, which I'm I really am so grateful because also I know the animal that it is now in that who's ever on top, they want to sh- get in the washing machine and get on the bottom and twist everybody up and I mean mm. and how Kyle for for you know, being on the bottom, you know, I, I just know that it's a very different machine now than when we were, when we were airing. And 
I do think that our show is a bit of an experiment. I'm, I'm just grateful that I had that opportunity personally and professionally. It was, it was an amazing experience. It opened my eyes because I, I studied acting years before and it just kind of opened my eyes to cameras and mics and production and I started helping production when they would come to our house and you know they come and they just like sort of set up a set for your pickup interview or make sure that there's flowers in a certain place and lighting is fine and you know all of this stuff I got very into the whole production side of it and it just, it opened up opportunities for me that I never would have had. But if we had gone forward as a franchise, I think I probably would have had some trouble. Well, yeah. I think they would have, I think they would have played with me pretty, pretty big time because I think that the formula is the one that ends up on top. And I feel like I did kind of end up on top once they want them to be on the bottom at some point maybe not second season yeah. but definitely in there someone's getting under the bus they're all getting under the bus at some point <laughs> yeah what was your favorite moment on the show my favorite moment on the show definitely was not the reunion <laughs> that was my favorite cringe that was my favorite cringe worthy moment <laughs> I will say that. Um, my favorite moment on the show probably was the Grape Stomp Day. Yeah. Ironically enough, you guys, that was effing hilarious. Like, I was peeing my pants. I was, I was laughing so hard through the whole thing. Just the steps that we had to take, to, and it was an entire day where we were drinking all day, we were joking all day. I mean, it was hilarious. Even like the cops being called and Stacy and Jason being like, what is going on here? You know, like, how are we getting in a limo and coming out to your vineyard and there's cops that were like, what is, this is so dumb. Like it was so dumb. It was so dumb. And I, knowing what I know and knew then about them and what we were walking into, I knew to just keep laughing about it because it was so ridiculous. It was so staged and set up and ridiculous. <laughs> there you is can't make it up. When there's one moment where you and Kat are sitting on some steps and she's done it. My favorite think, moment. My favorite moment. That's it. You nailed it. Tarek is saying something and Kat is just like, bullshit. Bullet. And you can actually see that you're almost pissing yourself laughing, <laughs> looking at her. Jasper, I was putting on my riding boot back on my white jeans, <laughs> having been in a bucket of grapes. I wore white <laughs> jeans that day. Oh my God. And I put, I put my boot back on and I was zipping it up and I looked at her I was like, who cares? Like, this is <laughs> hilarious. Like, the fact that you're making such a huge stink about this is ridiculous. This is hilarious. And by the way, on Bravo, still, because it's still there, they've taken down a lot of our clips and a lot of our 
information just i don't know why just because i think i don't know if it's like website space or what but they've reined it in a bit about what's there and what you can see but one of there's there are some footage clips that are absolutely hysterical mm. and that's one of them and also there's one where i'm in the grocery store with my son ryan who i've hired as my assistant and we're <laughs> in the grocery store and that's the only that's the only time they saw me spend money <laughs> only which then became your tagline my tagline and i said that she never wants flaunted money and that's like the point of some housewives franchises like money 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 and mikhail like if anyone was going to have that tagline it should have been her not you <laughs> and by the way that was all bs too that was like the guy who that was that was probably a uh what what a central casting person they brought in to act like they were staging something stuff that she was going to choose from sack like oh. for her birthday right bs the tackiest yes bs oh my gosh and sparkles <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to say one of my I favorite, mean, the... that's one of my favorite moments too where i'm like sparkles <laughs> 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 but like when <laughs> Like after the show was edited and everything, they obviously at some point give you the videos, right? So you can watch the episodes before they're on TV, no? Our show aired on Thursday. Tuesday, they would hand Messenger a CD <laughs> that was watermarked, so we couldn't do anything with it, and watch, and it was still in rough cut. Mm. So it might not necessarily be exactly what we see, mm -hmm. which is also kind of sneaky. But um, what we would do is we would write our blog post for Bravo and have it to them by Wednesday. So that was Tuesday, Tuesday midday. We would get the CD delivered to us. We'd sit and watch it. I would sit. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns and say my prayer and put it in the thing by myself and gripped the side of the coffee table sitting on it watching the tv in my family room and just pray and then we would have to write our blog post that would be posted while the show aired and it would be basically our comments about what transpired which was edited also wow 
A lot of yeah. secret insights here. Yeah. The great news is, is that I was fired. Technically. So I can say anything I want <laughs> about the experience. I am not bound by anything to say exactly how things went down. And I'm grateful and I want to be very gracious about the opportunity. But I will tell you that I think in the next year, we're going to start learning a lot more about the truth about what's going on. And I'll just put that out there um, as a little teaser. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I think we as the general public are going to be able to learn a lot more about the truth about the process behind what goes on um, in the next year. Hmm. Well, I think now we're seeing a lot of these situations where a lot of the people on Vanderhoof Rules have been getting fired for past things that they've been saying in the press and did producers yeah. know who knew, why weren't they policing this and, you know, treating the cast member, like why weren't they, I don't want to say like disciplining the cast members, but why weren't these things not brought up when they were being initially spoken about? And I think that has something to do with the producers wanting to preserve the show as what it is. Like if they address the bad articles written two years ago in Daily Mail, then they lose their yeah. lead cast member, Astasi especially, who's like the lead, I say lead very loosely on Vanderpump Rules. But they're like, okay, if we push this under the rug and we pretend we're not seeing these articles, then we can kind of keep moving, yeah. we'll forget. And I think now Bravo viewers, and I just think television viewers are getting more, I think that fourth wall is being broken down a little bit, whether it's through podcasting or social media or any of these forums. Like I think people are kind of catching on to, oh no, they've always right. known this person was a, yeah. you know, controversial and has their crappy opinions about things so well you know if you notice the fourth wall was broken on our show for the first time ever and i don't think it's been broken since because the Ask producers Michaela came on the and showed the fact that they were asking her for an invitation and yeah. that was done i'm sure at the advice of bravo legal Mm -hmm. because I think that this was being discussed behind the scenes as something that was so risky and could be detrimental to the network. And mind you also, this was in the moment when Comcast was buying and acquiring NBC Universal. So there was a, a bit of a political thing going on corporately. Comcast is a much more conservative network than NBC Universal. So there was some higher up conversations that were going on around this that were worrisome. And I think that our producers were, because if you remember the black caucus dinner was before that mm -hmm. and they knew that they knew that they had done that. And that was not for cameras. That was not mm -hmm. on camera. They just went ahead and did that. Um, and involved Ted and Jason. And literally, guys, I'm serious. Jason, who is one of my best friends, he was texting me play by play 
you're not going to effing believe what's going on in front of my eyes right now. We are sitting at a table at the Black Caucus dinner, uninvited. And thank God we took these two seats because someone at this table at American Airlines, who was the sponsor of the table, recognized Ted from What Not to Wear. Wow. Wow. And said, actually, you guys, these two seats are vacant, so you're welcome to sit here. So they were able to stay and witnessed those two being escorted away <laughs> out the door by security, secret service, by secret service being escorted. Like you are not invited and you need to get out of here right now. And they were, they were not associated with them because there weren't four seats together when they crashed into that. Yeah. They, they went through the, they went through the kitchen door. Yes. Like and four of them. Like imagine how many times they've done this before. If they had the audacity to do it twice while filming a reality show that's on a major television network, you've got to think that they've kind of been finding their way into these parties for years. Right. Well, and I think also when that happened, because that was, a, I think, about a week or two or maybe like, in the, I think it was in October. The Black Caucus Dinner was in October and and uh, the White House crash was, it was Thanksgiving weekend. I think there was enough time that went on that their antennas were up about the risk and what they, you know, what they were proposing was something that could really jeopardize the whole network at large, which it did. I'm sure that cost mm -hmm. Bravo hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of legal defense against the Secret Service and Congress. Yeah. All of our footage was subpoenaed. Every single bit of, of footage was subpoenaed. We went dark for six weeks. We were supposed to come back and film between Thanksgiving and the Christmas holiday for two weeks. We were dark and then heard nothing. Like they just kept us in the dark too. And because I think that legal was working things out. And so we were just sitting ducks, basically wondering if we were even going to have a show. Yeah. And then finally, our producers had a meeting with us. And that was up in Linda's apartment. And we held a protest right then and said, we will not be working with them on camera going forward. This is not okay. And they understood. And so they ended up getting Pat to agree to take the high road and have that conversation with them just to wrap things up. And she did not want to do it. There's no way I was doing it. There's mm -hmm. no way Linda was doing it. And Stacy, it was in Stacy's home. Yeah. So they did that in Stacy's home. And Kat's the one that had the courage to confront them. And then remember, they stucked out Stacy's back door. Yeah, they and like that's another scurried that's a, through the garage. Yeah, they like scurried. <laughs> she scurried out of there, and you're not supposed to do that when cameras are rolling. You are in a space where you're supposed to be. Like it's part of the job. You're in this space, and she just like pulled. That's where I go. Okay. 
who's behind all this? Where is she in this whole equation? Mm -hmm. Where was she in that equation? You know? But so you think like she had more to do with it or was a bigger part in the duo of the Salahis than it looked like? Because it always looked like he was the one who was like yeah. making the decisions pulling the strings but she because she, she came across like an idiot let's just say it like she she came yeah. across like a dizzy stupid blonde girl who didn't know anything Barbie doll. Like, yeah yeah no i think i think when it came down to important moments like the moment where i'm being confronted at the winery and yeah. she's sitting between me and tara can't string two sentences together to actually do what producers wanted him to do was accuse Lolly. He was like fumbling and she's sitting there going, uh, uh, and then defends the situation and sort of dances and then says, no, no, yes, no, but, 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 and then he yells at her a little bit for saying something that, you know, probably made him not look so good because he wasn't making any sense. I think in those scenarios, when she was put in a place where she had to make the decision to get out of it, she would step up. And that's what happened, mm -hmm. I think, at the end there, is that she's like, uh-uh, we're out of mm -hmm. here, basically. I'm going to take control now and say we're out of here because we can't yeah. talk about it. And then turned it, you know, and said, you know, we can't say anything. We just can't. So we're out of here. Yeah. What would they think was going to be the topic of conversation if not this major, major thing that happened in their life? I think they were talking about Tarek's weight and they were like, oh, you look good. Oh, you look good. And Kat <laughs> is sitting there with like her back turned to them. And I think Jason- Yeah, do you remember that? It was like, yeah. it was like a whole- <laughs> He goes, do you remember situation? Kat? Like the, you all know each other. Everybody knows each other. And it's very clear what this conversation needs to be. And they just act like it's so awkward. Nothing Gosh. was no, no problem in the world, no issues. And it was frustrating as a viewer to watch because you just want to shake her and say, like, what are you doing? And and luckily at the end of the reunion, there was that moment where we kind of saw like I think a little bit of hope where she was like, you need to apologize to Linda for throwing a drink in her face or her pushing her. I can't remember exactly what she did or he did to her. Yeah. There's like wine all over her. As if that's, and then he had been physically like uh, pushing her around before yeah. he threw the glass of wine in Linda's face. So it was just a moment where she was like, yeah, you need to apologize. And I mean, I think he probably gave some half-ass apology, but fortunately, she's no longer with him and ended up with the guy from Journey. Oh who, so I ended up having to read Cirque du Salahi for the research for this multi-part series. And it was so weird. All the writer, I've told Jasper this a bunch of times, had the biggest crush on Mikhail. She would write about her being a beautiful blonde and all of these, like, paragraphs and paragraphs about how everybody was just so jealous of her because she's a leggy blonde and I'm like that had that was never the <laughs> what any of the women on the show were talking about like yeah Michaela's pretty but that was not the case but in that book 
they talk about how Mikhail and the guy Neil from Journey had had a fling for years before, and then she met Tarek and was with him, and so then when they broke up, it was pretty much just an immediate get back in together. Yeah, well, if you follow her on social media, and I know, yeah, for you do, because you're so interested. Um, yeah. Um, they just celebrated 15 years. It's carrying the one. now. <laughs> that is so funny, and honestly, I feel like she wouldn't even realize that, like, that would include her marriage to another person. Oh my! Yeah, God. they celebrated 15 years. Yeah, good yeah. for them. I'm happy for her. Bless them. Blessing. So, love and light. You know. Love and light. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love and light. But, and lots um, of red, said... red and white roses. Oh, oh God. So tacky. A lot of clarity. So you, you're, were friends with uh, Lydia before you, uh, Linda, sorry, starting the show and everything. You're still in contact and friends with like Linda, Kat, Stacy. Stacy has gone into her own, I think when um, the show ended and she ended up getting divorced, I think she realized that that was, not for her i think that being in the spotlight is not for her so she just kind of decided to take herself off of social media and keep herself very private and we we were trying to get her because when bravo approached us just recently when they aired the marathon which we were very happy about it's just a little like crumb of love that's <laughs> our way she didn't want to have anything to do with it and basically told us that it just didn't benefit her professionally to be involved any longer which we completely respect and honor and wish her the best so she's she's out like she's not she's not going to come back and say anything about that time and i 100 uh, i respect that and then Kat and Linda and I are all very close friends. And Linda and I talk probably every other day, oh. either over text or email or, you know, we're, we're very close and have been. In fact, when they were casting, asked me who they thought would be a good prospect. And I put Linda forward. And I think, I think there were some other people that did as well, but I think that, the fact that they were looking at me seriously and also I was putting her forward. They liked the connection because mm -hmm. that's another thing is how do you get five or seven women into a, a scene that don't really know each other that well? And how do you create the chemistry that you want to, you know, have from the beginning without some organic relationships? And so I think that yeah. is, um, you know, one of the, the things that they liked about Linda and I together. And then Kat, she's just hilarious. She's just, what you see is what you get. And she lives in Mallorca now. She's got her little girl, Zara, that she's raising and keeping her young. I mean, <laughs> that is another chapter that I'm not sure I would be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Patience. 
you know, like as you said, like you had it was a good experience to do like one season. You're kind of glad that it didn't get picked up for another one. But like because you're an interior designer and like you have mm -hmm. your charity and um I think lifestyle blog as well, right? Like Yeah, I'm starting that. Yeah. Oh cool. Since quarantine, yeah. I've decided that um I need to get my voice out there as far as how to cook some meals and how to live and live affordably and stay healthy. Um, and I'm here at our family farm with this beautiful kitchen and I've documented a bunch of my recipes and um, I'm super excited about that. So that that's happening. I'm, I'm working on that to launch. By the way, Megan, I went to school for interior design. Oh, that's amazing. I was actually thinking of going to school for interior design a couple years ago. But then, yeah, so I went to I went to Marymount University in in DC and studied interior design and communication, and I was doing it all along, but you just didn't see it because it was completely edited out. And and the one yeah. thing that I will say about how the disappointment that I feel in our show is that it was edited in a way that just lacked development with each of us equally you know it just it the, the salahis took so much of the focus that you didn't see really what i was doing and what was you know like driving me and what was fun and funny and my kids and i mean we had some hilarious moments like it was fun we had a ball as a family that's frustrating that they don't give everybody it was due and and I think we see it on certain shows where they focus more on other people's businesses over others. But, you know, we got a fair share of Linda modeling scenes. Like some of those could have been sprinkled with you. And of course, like, you know, Mikhail's scenes were just so ridiculous. So I feel like they probably were like, we've got to throw a lot of these in. And you're like a normal person. Like, that's another thing. Like, you don't, like, fly off the handle and you're not completely delusional. So a lot of times, like, that doesn't make for, like, juicy reality television where people are kind of looking for that moment where you're like, yeah, oh, God, she's crazy or he's crazy. You're like, oh, wow, she's a great mom and has a great family. Oh. Well, I think, I th again, I'll say it again. I think DC was a stretch for the network. I do. I think it was. I think it was a trial. I think it was an experiment to see if something a little less dramatic and, and more political and, you know, I mean, I, I've used the word classy, but I, I wouldn't say that. It's like just a little bit more, like the way we treat each other is just not the same as some of the other franchises. And, and I think they knew that they weren't gonna get that from us. I mean, I think that if things had, progressed and some other people were brought in it would have shifted and changed and I can't even imagine today what the conversations and the scenes would be at this moment like it would be insanity we'd be the top rated show no question yeah <laughs> definitely so no question when you're not in Virginia quarantine you're in Virginia right it's Maryland, Southern oh. Maryland. So you are living in Dallas, correct? Yes. So I split my time between Dallas and Southern Maryland. That's really nice. 
So Dallas, like what happened there? You know, some of the Dallas ladies, I feel like you could just like yourself on the show. I do. And actually one of my really good friends just signed on Mm. and I'm praying for her. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Possibly you might see me on there. We'll see. Let's keep Just our as a, fingers as crossed. A, as a friend of, as a friend of, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting how that show shifts. Um, and I know Leanne very well, and I wish her the best. And I think it was a really good decision to make a change because I think that it was starting to really wear. I mean, things were starting to get pretty crazy for her, and I think, yeah, you know it's now it's a machine and and they want they want everybody all tossed up and and I think Leanne honestly carried that show for a while and got sideways and misunderstood because I know her I know her I've known her for almost 10 years Leanne and she's she's a trained actress she's she's been like a model actress. She's, she's been in some stuff. She was in one of the Sandra Bullock movies and does commercials. And, you know, she's had a pretty prolific acting career. And then this came along. And I think that it was just an opportunity to kind of take charge in being the front runner for drama. And I think that it's time that she take a break from that just personally speaking for her because I think she's a great person and I, I, you know, I don't believe a lot of the way she's come out from it. Mm -hmm. So I think the first few seasons of Dallas, you really got to see other sides of her, whether it was like her charity world. And in the beginning she was doing a lot of speaking events and talking to, you know, women who have been abused and in really horrible situations. And, I think towards the end, you know, like we were saying before, you do begin to self-produce and you do know what's going to work. And then, you know, it can get to your head. And, you know, when you're kind of talking and drinking and having fun with your friends, when you're saying something and it can just come off so terrible and, and in the moment, you know, probably didn't even realize it and no one called her on it. And so then, you know, hindsight and she's, you know, probably like, oh my God, like, that's not me. That's not what I meant but that didn't necessarily have like the words to kind of articulate it. And it felt like it was, she. Yeah. Of- and I think that she's got a, hot, she's got a hot temper. She does. Oh, okay. And I, you know, that's just, that's just open season for editing to just rip you apart when you, when you lose your cool, you know, and they can throw it in, in different, different moments in the, in the business. It's called a Franken bite <laughs> where they take a sound bite or a bite out of a scene where you're in, they, they have the ability because you're dressed the same, you're in the same mm. environment and they can take a word or an expression and just cut mm. it in like they did to me a few times, but actually mm. I have to say they were very kind to me overall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in comparison. They got me, they got me on my tagline. Yeah. I never said all those words together. 
<laughs> so weird. Yeah. Like, I never did. And I remember how they got those words from me during a pickup interview where they were asking me questions about like rich and how we run our family and our finances and, and all these different questions about, you know, our family life basically. And those words came out of my mouth, but just not in the same sentence. <laughs> You can kind yeah. of tell if you go back and listen, it sounds a little like sped up. Oh, I don't, I don't make money. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, okay. it does sound a little off here and there. Yeah, it does, it's off. I don't make money. But like, would you like to be back on TV? And like, if so, what kind of show would you like to do? Would you like to do another reality show? Like maybe something about interior design or whatever. Or would you like yeah. to to actually work as an actress? Because as you said, like you, you studied acting as well. I did study acting and I would love to be back on TV and I'm working on that. And I have been working on that. The right opportunity has not come my way yet and I'm seeking it and I'm formulating it and what I'd like I mean my dream would be to have some sort of lifestyle show that would be kind of like a, a Martha Stewart slash now we have Joanna Gaines Chip and Joanna Gaines slash Gwyneth Paltrow that isn't that pretentious <laughs> um, I love it I love it. Just but. something something that is that is showcasing a lifestyle that is affordable, that is tangible, that is basically mixing Gucci and Target. Boom. Right. You yeah. know? I <laughs> the way you should reasonably live a reasonable lifestyle. Like I don't care how much money you have or don't have, there are ways to live a lifestyle that is beautiful and you can make it happen with pennies you know we yeah. we can if you work and you have and if you have the drive to create a, a world and a lifestyle that makes you happy it's it's tangible and it doesn't have to cost a lot and i'm here to tell you that it doesn't and i'm i'm here to testify for sure <laughs> that it doesn't and that you can you can um a lot of it is seeking and finding things that are quality and are reasonable and that can be mixed in with things that are expensive and on sale, you know, right. like, and it's not like a bargain baller kind of approach. It's more of a realistic way to live. And I don't care if you have a gazillion dollars, you should always be prudent with with what you have and give back to charity and you know make sure everybody in your family is taken care of and then take care of the planet and the people and and um you know you know what i'm saying it's 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 love it. it's just an approach it's an approach to life that makes sense and loving and gracious yeah love that amen well integrate salon <laughs> You said it, not me. I was like, I, right? I, I don't want to make it a thing. 
No, you guys, first of all, let me comment on that whole thing. That was one of the most fun. That was, that was probably number two most fun experiences I had on the show was that, that birthday party. And I do not recall being <laughs> that intoxicated. <laughs> I really don't remember being that slurry. Um, in fact, I kind of accused production in making me seem like I was drunker than I really was. They were like, no. <laughs> they could do that too. <laughs> they could slur, they could slur my words and slow me down and make me do a finger wave slower than it was. So I think I, I really, I, I honestly believe that that was enhanced a little bit by editing a little bit. And just the way they, they made Stacy and Ted look at each other like, oh, what? What is she talking about? Like, they didn't do that at the time. That was completely out of context. And what I said was speaking truth, actually, because I was helping my friend, Ted Gibson, open, he's a black man. He's a black gay man. He's a hairstylist. I want, I want us all to be in the same place. It's, it's, you know, regardless of our hair texture, I wanted, it was, it was a truthful statement that came out sounding very dumb <laughs> and but drunk. That I understood and, what you were saying. It, it, it did make sense and is a very yeah, true because thing. Because salons basically are segregated. And it, it, it really does have something to do with the, the talent that knows how to handle certain types of hair. And I get it. But also, you know, Ted Gibson is like a celebrity hairstylist that is on covers. And, you know, he, should, he, he has the ability and he's using his voice now, especially in this time of unrest where he's saying we're all equal. Everything is equal. We all need to be together and we all need to be, you know, respecting the profession and respecting where we are in this business in this beauty business. And, um, and I'm so excited for him because he and Jason have really, they've been very blessed in that they've been able to open a salon in LA now, cause they moved from New York to LA now. And they opened a salon that has five pods and it's all isolated pods. Oh, wow. That is in this day of COVID. Yeah, perfection. It's <laughs> genius. It's exactly what we're gonna have to do, I think, going forward. And so anyway, that comment, got me on the opening for Chelsea Handler's opening monologue when our show aired first. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> cool. It might not be, probably weren't the no, happiest I, at the moment, but. Megan, <laughs> Megan I, I, I wrote in my blog right after that happened on Bravo. I was like, I know I've arrived when <laughs> my dumbass my dumbass comment is being used by Chelsea Handler on her so opening cool. monologue. I'm I like, okay. <laughs> I'm
I'm the dumbass blonde that said that. And she called me a dumbass blonde. I'm the dumbass <laughs> blonde that said that. And it was a dumbass comment. Ugh. That was great. But it's me. But hey, you kind of were ahead of your time. I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we need to end today's show because we have gone well over an hour. But thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. This was so amazing. The two of us are like two little happy schoolgirls. We're just so grateful that you enjoyed the recaps and didn't take what I said too seriously. <laughs> no, I loved it. I, lo I really, really enjoyed uh, in fact, what I've been working, I've been working on projects here in DC. And when I've been sitting at my computer here at home working on my stuff, I have you in my ears <laughs> listening. And it is so priceless. That's so priceless. And I just love your commentary. I love your honesty and your candor, both of you. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's priceless. And it, and it means so much to me, honestly, that, that you guys, in fact, Megan, you said, I think in the first episode of this, this deep dive, you're like, if I was going to be like the most, like any housewife in the whole franchise, I think I'm like Mary. I, I, I felt like that immediately. I was like, she's so normal. She's nice. She's got a good family. She's got some sass, which is always needed. And you had no problem putting people in their place when they needed to be put yeah. in their place. And I yeah. Those are all things I <laughs> hope to embody. <laughs> well, you guys are doing a great job and keep up the good work. And I'm so excited to be here with you. And if you need me to come back and say anything, because there's so much more I can share. I mean, this series will go on for another three years if you leave us up to our own devices. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you and follow you and hopefully um, read your blog? Yeah, so my blog is maryamons.com and my interior design website is maryamonsdesign.com and on Instagram, I am at maryamons, Twitter, at maryamons and Facebook, maryamons. <laughs> so it's basically just my name everywhere. And here's the thing, by the way, Megan, you have more followers on Instagram than I do. Wow. <laughs> because, because well, here's and here's the thing. Uh, Instagram didn't exist when, when our show aired. So it was only Twitter. So I have like 18,000 or something followers on Twitter that I don't really use anymore. And my Instagram following needs to pick up. And it did actually when the mar marathon happened, which I was pleased about. But I'd love to get some more followers and interest in what I'm doing because I think that it's going to be inspirational and I'm getting my charity labels for love back, back uh, up and functioning and I'm going to be supporting women's and children's causes here in DC and in Dallas. And by the way, what brought me to Dallas is a boy. So I have a new love in my life. I have a new love in my life and Yay. I've been going back and forth for the last few years, but moved there. Like I have my, some of my stuff there, um, for the, the last two years and he's in the beauty business. Which in fact, I met him through Ted and Jason what? and, um, he's the person responsible for my lovely locks. 
that I have. That is a dream man, honestly. If- and these are all me, by the way. This is no extensions. This is all my hair. And I have yes. I have a mother that's 78 years old who has the same hair. It's just a little blonder. She's a little blonder and in better shape than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Yasker, where do people find you, follow you on all of the internets? Well, for me, it's just Instagram and <laughs> Yasper underscore HA. That's where you can find me. And I need some followers as well. <laughs> hey, you guys, everyone's job is to go follow other people. Don't follow me. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. And I have, some, I have some really good stories. In fact, I, I try to make my stories really funny and entertaining. Amazing. Well, always. You. Yeah. Oh my God. This was amazing. And I can't wait to edit it and listen back to it. Thank you again, Mary. This was really awesome. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.